You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. On this note, I will invite my companions for today's conversations. Please give it up for Demi Lade, as usual, my co-host. <laughs> and we'll be having Falabi Noel join us. Guys, can we do this quickly? Okay, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Awesome, awesome. So let's get into it. So, I mean, this entire month we've been talking about supernatural and just how we can reflect the nature of God, the life of God in our daily living. I want you, each of you to just share with me, maybe we'll start with Falabi first, he's yes. the guest. Mm-hmm. You should actually be in the middle here, you are our <laughs> guest. <laughs> anyway, um, what has been your major takeaway from this entire month? Um, I think for me it's just the being intentional and paying more attention to uh, what the Holy Spirit is doing and what he's saying at the time. I know there was a sermon where you talked about, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit being involved in, you know, like purposefully living, you know, through the Holy Spirit. So, and for me, it's just paying attention. So I'm actively engaging the Holy Spirit, not in the big things alone, but even in the small things like, oh, should I wear these shirts today, (laughs) you know? You never know. So. How many people started doing that? Or how many people have been doing that? You ask the Holy Spirit what you should wear. And how many people feel like, gosh, that's such a waste of time with the precious Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> there are bigger matters to attend to, like should Israel go to war? <laughs> should President Buhari still remain the president? Those are the kind of conversations we should be having with the Holy Spirit and not uh, what sneakers. Ooh. Knowing that Falabi has plenty of sneakers, FYI. So you're spoiled for choice, and we need the Holy Spirit to decide which sneakers <laughs> to wear. Interesting. All right. Uh, Demiladi, your major takeaway. So um, apart from, obviously, this is one of the bigger takeaways, is just including the Holy Spirit in everything. The one thing that I, um, being a church kid, I realize that I've grown up in a society that doesn't necessarily put a, an onus on the gifts of the Spirit. Um, you're just so used to doing the Sunday, Sunday stuff. You know, and, and weirdly enough, uh, Tony and I started doing a Bible study in First Corinthians, and we saw that this was a baby church. And the, the, Paul was saying that you guys come behind in none of the gifts of the Spirit. So that means on a Sunday, Sunday basis, there was prophecy, interpretation of tongues, you know, healings, miracles, all that kind of stuff. And I was saying to God, I've been doing this for a few years now. Like, how far now that? You know, so, and God had to teach me that, look, you need to start to be deliberate about manifesting, creating a conducive environment for the Holy Spirit to be able to ignite those gifts in your life. Um, and just to wrap this up, this is scripture that we always quote where it says, God hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. If you read the scriptures before that, he's actually talking about giving room for the gifts of the spirit to be operational in your life. So while we like to quote that scripture about not being scared, it's more about not being scared to let the Holy Spirit manifest through you. 
So if next week now you guys see me doing madness, just know that it's because of this past month. It's what you have learned. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, so FYI, by the way, just in case anybody felt rebuked um, about the joke I cracked on asking the Holy Spirit what to wear, I do that too. I do that if I've learned the hard way because the days, <laughs> Holy Ghost. <laughs> I remember one time, several years back, I didn't have a car then. Um, I was working um, just somewhere in Lagos Island then and I lived in Yaba and I was going to take a, um, I was going to take a bike to somewhere to meet up with a colleague who I was joining <laughs> to work. And very clearly, the Spirit of God, I had an impression, you know, just so that we don't spook someone in the service today, when we start to say things like God said, the Holy Spirit said, you know. So I'll say to you, um, I had an impression in my heart that I should not put on the skirt that I was trying to put on. Now, I, had a, I think I had a presentation that morning, and it was one of, you know how it is, you just have this um, special set of suits that are like for special occasions, the ones that you give them. Mm? It was part of my give them collection. And <laughs> the Holy Spirit said not to wear that. I just thought, no, this is what is befitting for the, the kind of people I'm going to speak to this morning. They need to take it as I'm giving them. Alas, I, got, I was the one who took it because as I got on the bike, there was a loud rip and the skirt went all the way up. You know, and... Yeah, let's just say, fortunately, it was just in front of my residence, but with a lot of shame, I had to f run back to my, you know, my house to, to go and change. So basically, the bike parted the It parted the Red Sea. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, let's just say I have been very deliberate about paying attention to, and I very clearly just ask, oh, Spirit of God, what, what do you think? This, this, you know, so it's okay to have conversations in the little things, in the big things. And for me, it is a constant reminder that God is involved in the detail. Absolutely. God is involved in the detail. Just in case there's anybody here who's feeling like, man, there's just some things going on in my life that I'm not sure God cares about. I promise you, he does care. He cares about how you look. He cares about how you show up. He cares about how you feel. He cares about your emotions, what's going on in your mind. He wants to have conversations with you about these things. So I just thought to put that there. Okay, so under the influence, that's what we've touched today's conversation, under the influence. Um, Falabi, as a creative, do you want to share with us? Because, you know, UTI, we hear, so or DUI, someone's driving under the influence and gets caught and things like that. Uh, when we use the term under the influence, especially in the creative space, um, people speak to how you know, some certain substances just give, give them the high and they're able to, they, their creative juices flow better. They use certain things to get, to stimulate creativity. So what is your own influence? Even though we kind of like... The obvious answer is oh, no. the Holy Spirit. Did you have Praise God. Apart from Did you ever have... Okay, so no, guys, hold on, just chill. Did you ever have a previous oh, wow. influencer? Say it like that, please. Like, how, how far back? I mean, uh, well, just tell us, how, how far back do you want to take us? Okay, okay since we are being vulnerable, and, you know, I, I, I may have tried a few things. Mm. But wow. way, way, way back in the day. And I, and I think that's why how, how I... How far back in the day? Focus now, focus. 
sadly, I wasn't a church kid, you know, from the very beginning. So, um, but I think it's it helps to share it because I've you know experienced both sides. Both sides. Uh, I think it's pretty. It's it's different. So then, back in the day, we are still you know just coasting, and we will feel like we are getting more creative because of what we were, whatever, I mean, whatever it is we were taking. But you want to tell us? <laughs> Does anybody want you know, to know? The, the, the ah, see you. Apropos. But you know what it is now. Some of you are in the room. You don't know what it is. Okay, just give us an idea. One is it the one you with... sniff? Is it the one you smoke? Is oh, it the one no, you no, drink? no. The sniffing one is extreme, I think. Ah, Who for some people, they are normal, <laughs> The one that starts with W, you know. Water. Water, water, water. Yeah, yeah, water. Water. <laughs> you know. Um, but, but, you know, I, I have been saved for several years, I, you know, more than 10 years now. Praise God. It's actually quite difficult to picture for Labi yeah, <laughs> in that yeah. space. I, I, tell, I tell people that all the time because it was just like a switch. So for some people, they struggle for a while. But, I mean, I've, I've done all, all sorts you won't believe it, right? That's the Holy Spirit. You know, and then giving my life to Christ. I think from the very first day, I decided that, oh, Jesus, I think I'm all in. You know, it was just like, okay, let's be spiritual and holy. And, you know, I've not turned back ever since. Hallelujah. Please amen. can we celebrate Jesus? Amen. Amen. So, um, so it's, it's I, I can boldly say that the experience is different when you're, you know, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you know, I, I'll give you a perfect example. There are some things that I've picked up, you know, and just because the Holy Spirit said, do this thing. And even without prior knowledge or training, I'll do it really well. In terms of songwriting, bringing it closer to what I do, some of my most amazing songs are the songs that came spontaneously, you know. Spontaneous songs are unstructured, they are... In, there's a lot of mess. You don't know what progression, what words to use. But most of my most amazing songs have been your best sellers or your my, hits. My hit songs, hits. you know. Bangers. I think, yeah, my hit songs have been Yeshua, um, Satisfied. I was telling you about Satisfied and how I wrote Satisfied. It was just a voice note recording. We're having prayer meeting in the tent. See why we say you should come for prayer meeting? For prayer meeting. I cannot forget. This was two years ago. I cannot forget. We're in the prayer tent and, you know, we're praying. And I just heard uh, just the words, everything, the melody, the everything. And I rushed out, recorded it, recorded it on my voice note. I'm sure if I check through my archive, I'll still find that voice note. You know, maybe not as polished as it is now, but it was the exact lines, the melody, the progression. So, Hallelujah. That's beautiful. Can we just celebrate Jesus? The Holy Spirit is indeed an influencer, the greatest influence. And if you are not following him, I don't know who you are following, for real. So do you want to share with us um, your own experience? Obviously not in the creative space, <laughs> in, your, in your own day-to-day um, life, maybe decision making or... Yeah, so I want to be clear that um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be something illicit. Um, sometimes the things that influence you are things like love. Um, and you know how now when you are... I mean, I'm a little bit of a lover boy. <laughs> they love doctor. 
But you know, you know how when you are in that space where you feel like you love, you feel like you love somebody, you know, the words just come out. You know, you're writing them. You know, the apple of my eye, the sugar in my tea, all that kind of stuff. Um, but so that I've seen that influence and how that has influenced my personal relationships. You know, I find that when I am in quote unquote love, it's easier for me to love on people. But I've also seen that that's not sustainable because that love is very fickle. And so how have I, how have I been under the influence? I've, I've had to learn to incorporate the influence of the Holy Spirit in my relationships with people. Um, so, I mean, and that goes from everything from family who you are supposed to love to like police and presidents who you are not supposed to. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Really? No, I mean, no. I love my president. <laughs> we love our president. We love our president. Well, we pray for our president. We, pray for our president. <laughs> we love him too. We love him with the love of Jesus. With the love of Jesus. The actual Amen. love of Jesus. Yeah. Not but, our personal love, but the love of the Jesus. The love of Jesus. But I'm saying all of this to say that you have to be under the influence to love well. And I've seen that happen in my relationship with my family, um, with my siblings, with my friends. Recently this year, and that's the example I'm going to use. Recently this year, God had, last year actually, God said to me, you need to start being more deliberate about how you love on people. Because it's the love that you practice with friends and people in church that you will ultimately take into your home. And so I had to learn how to love people by the help of the Holy Spirit. So I realized that it's the days that I pray really well are the days when my lung suffering, my temperance, my patience, my ability to sense what people are going through, sympathy and compassion. Those are the days when those things are at its peak. On the days when I'm not fully under the influence, I can't sense what people are going through. I can't actively love on them the way that they want to be loved. So that's one of the reasons why I choose to stay under the influence as often as I can. I love it. Please, let's celebrate Jesus. Thank you for sharing them, Ladi. Do you have any love songs? <laughs> From being under the influence. Okay, okay. That's what happens when you're in, hemmed in between two <laughs> song people. Or song, song. Okay, so um, we got a couple questions and we have some that we've also then um, just curated out of this series and i'm gonna just put the first one to the both of you actually it says all month we've talked about supernatural living and i've been trying to live my life supernaturally but i don't see much difference now compared to how i live a month lived a month ago is there something i'm not doing or something i'm doing wrong when does all the fun stuff start to happen so speaking i mean just hearing you guys talk about you've been under the influence and I imagine somebody has this exact question in their heart that man this entire month I have tried this thing out when will I start to experience this the fun stuff like being able to sit here at some point and say oh yeah so the Holy Spirit said to me to do that the Holy Spirit said to me to tell somebody something the Holy Spirit you know prompted me to lay my hands on someone and the person got healed you know the Holy Spirit helped me with the presentation at work and it was just amazing you know when will I start experiencing that? So what do you think? Uh, Dimladi, do you want to go? Right. Okay. So um, I think the point I'm going to try and make here is that we often overlook the small stuff and think that it's not fun. We often overlook the small stuff and think that it's not God. And that's the biggest thing that I've learned. Let me, Pastor Sola was talking about how, you know, I asked the Holy Spirit to let me know what to wear for the day. I imagine that for most of us, we feel like when she asked that question, oh, Holy Spirit, can I do your voice? Holy Spirit, what, what should I wear today? I'm sure we, I don't sound like that. <laughs> we expect that 
you know, he's going to come in this loud, booming busola, wear that pink dress, the one with the thing down the side and the red. But the truth about it is that the Holy Spirit actually speaks to you in your voice. What, what actually happens is the Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit and your spirit speaks to you in your voice. And that's, the minute you can grasp that reality, everything starts to seem fun. Because the minute you're like, Holy Spirit, okay, I want to go home now. Do we go home? And you're listening for that voice that tells you yes or no. Everything, everything becomes an experience. Because let me, let me put it to you this way. You can ask the Holy Spirit, okay, now church is over. Can I go home? And he'll say no. And in that moment where he says no to you, it becomes an adventure. Okay, so what are we doing now? What are you asking me to do? Where are you needing me? What's Stay back and pray. Pray some more. And that's an adventure. I mean, it might not be the fun type, but you will not know. Let me put it to you this way. You will not know until you actively actually get with him in that process and start praying. And then you will, all of a sudden, something will happen. Someone will come your way. You will, you know, an opportunity to exp- expose this person to the Holy Spirit or to give a fresh expression of him will come your way. And all of a sudden, it's in that stuff that the fun stuff starts, starts to happen. What we typically want is to say, okay, Holy Spirit, move, and then sit down and let him bring the fun to you at your time when you want it. You know, it's like, but the Holy Spirit is not a puppet. He doesn't dance for us. We dance in concert with him. He leads us and we are moved by him. The Bible says in him we have our being. We live, we move, we breathe and have our being. So if you want the fun stuff to come and meet you, you are doing it all wrong. I would say to you to give the Holy Spirit, surrender to him and let him lead you and you'll see how much fun you have. Trust me, it's a roller coaster. That's beautiful because it reminds me of this song by Amanda. It says, wide-eyed, mystified, may we be just like a child. Staring at the beauty of our king. The fun stuff happens when you open up your heart like a child. You know, a child will say, go this way. Okay, mommy, you know, go this way. So obedience brings the fun stuff. You need to take away your logic, your degrees, your master's degree, your PhD. Because some of the things won't make sense. God has told me stuff that I felt it was the devil. Because it just didn't make sense. I just get deep behind me, you know. And... You know, I obeyed, and it turned out, it, it, it worked out for my good. And it wasn't, it was just something very crazy. I can't even tell you, but it was very crazy. And like jump in the ocean seven times. That kind no, of no, like, like, so I lead worship, and I'm not into the, I, I don't know how, I'm just very, it's great, but me, when, when, when I receive it, it's amazing. You know, when Pastor Busola gives me a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, I'm like, thank you, yes, Lord. But when I'm doing that, I'm, I mean, at, at, until that point, I'd never done that before. I just felt, ah, hey. And then I was leading worship at some point, and God said, you know, speak, say these words, these exact words. And I was like, maybe I should just make it a general stuff so that, I mean, it was still, you would just cover more ground. And the Holy Spirit was very specific. And I wrestled. I wrestled with it. And in obeying, I just said it like, See, you will not put me to shame. It's your name. So, and I said it amazingly. One person came out with the exact, it's, it's wild, you know. And yours might not be that dramatic. It might That's be. the fun stuff the yeah, person the is fun, asking about. Yeah. 
the fun stuff, it might just be in, you know, a diet plan. It might talk be in a diet talk plan. To them, sir, talk. Right? The fun stuff, it might it might just be like, oh no, I can't I can't really do this. I, I Lord, just take the fat away once and for all. Let me wake up the next day. And God is saying, I would give you strength to finish this plan. You know, and you're like, Okay, God, take um bald plantain and veggies. Okay, God. And then you take a picture after a month and God has done it. Won't he do it? <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much, guys. I mean, they've said it all. I, there's nothing to add. They have said it all. It's, start with the little things. That person who's asking this question, I promise you things have started happening that you are not being mindful of already. Why? Because you're waiting for the big things. So why don't you start from the little things? Some of us are driving in traffic, and the Holy Spirit is actually nudging your heart to go in a different direction. But your shangri and your stubbornness and Google Maps. gets and Google Map gets in the way, you know, and then you get stuck in traffic and like oh, and I something was saying to me that something is the Holy Spirit. So you need to start to pay attention a little, a whole lot more to the little things because if you can train your human spirit to be sensitive to the spirit of God and the nudgings in the little things, then when it comes to who will I marry? It will be easier. But some of us want the who will I marry. Meanwhile, we have not practiced the presence, you know, of the Spirit of God. We've not practiced engaging the presence actively, even in the little things, in the little decisions that we need to make. So, um, there you have it. Let's take another question before we run out of time. We'll take a few more questions. Demila, do you have anything you want to share? So, um, this, this next question says, my friends and I have been burned badly and the person who badly in capital letters is about badly by people who claim to be doing the supernatural, using the power of God to, and again, I want to just use the inverted supernatural, using the power of God to advise us to do certain things, which have yielded terrible results. I don't trust people who come at me with all that supernatural stuff. Now, you want me to be one of those people? And that's, that's really the question. Okay, that's quite a loaded one. Is, who is supposed to answer it? Oh, no, you know, our pastor. She <laughs> set up. <laughs> All right, um, so the first thing I'll say is this. Um, there are several things at play. When we, so if you recall, if you've been in the church this entire month, there was a particular week we spoke about the positive supernatural. And obviously, with that, so very clearly, the devil is an imitator. And he imitates everything that God has created everything that God has designed. He takes it, he takes an original and curates, you know, a very poor version, a misrepresentation of it. So it is very possible, and even scripture tells us that um, there are sheep, we have sheep in wolves, sorry, we have wolves in sheep clothing, you know, we have false prophets. Um, I would also say this uh, to the person who's in this state and asking this question. The first thing we need to be mindful of is this that we're all human. Even the man of God, or in this case now, maybe the woman of God, but let's say, the, I mean, gender-free, the man of God, is still a man. He is a man that God has just been gracious to, to put in gifts, to put in talents, to grace to be able to serve in the capacity that they currently do. So the fact that they have been supernatural, uh, supernaturally enabled um, does not mean that they are perfect. 
The fact that we all are functioning in several dimensions of the anointing and the giftings of the Holy Spirit does not mean that we are not flawed or that we don't make mistakes, especially when we do not pay attention to training our human spirit. Because oftentimes we wait, um, we're excited about the gifts and we forget the fruit of the regenerated spirit that the Holy Spirit, constant communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit produces in us. So we don't pay attention to the things that matter. I think we also spoke about that in, in this month as well. You, you can be anointed but indisciplined. You can be anointed, you can be charismatic, you can be gifted, but yet still be a failure in the things that matter in life. In, in your daily livings. That's why you have some, some, some maybe preachers who's, who are not so great in parenting. Their kids have not turned out really great. Or you have people in this particular case now who have advised wrongly. And this is not to um, shoot down, I mean, it's one body. It's not to shoot down anybody or to get you to think about any particular minister. It's just helping us recognize that, look, God will use imperfect people for his work. And he has always done that through the scriptures. The only perfect person that, was ever, that ever carried out God's um, work here on earth, king, fulfilled kingdom mandate, was Jesus. Every other person prior to Jesus and after Jesus was mere mortal that had the spirit of God deposited in them to be able to function in that capacity. So first, we need to be mindful. Human weaknesses sometimes come into play. And it's, it happens when we do not focus on what matters. Sorry, this fly is a nuisance. You know, it, it, it happens when we don't focus or prioritize what matters. Now, the second thing um, is because we are, we are, we are humans, um, there's a tendency to misappropriate or to misuse the gifts. Yeah. And that is what this question is speaking to pra practically. There is a we can misappropriate the gifts. We can use it for selfish interests. Mm. We can use it on ourselves to fulfill our own lusts. We can use it to for, for just fame and glory. Mm. There are several ways we can misappropriate these gifts. So knowing that, um, how, do, how will you and I that have been anointed in this season, how will we live our lives such that we don't misuse the gifts, we don't misuse the anointing? I don't want us to focus on the people who we feel are misusing it and who we have gotten burnt by engaging and have given terrible advices. I know people who have claimed that they've been advised about marriage and it turned out really poorly. There was something I said a few weeks back, maybe two Sundays back. You have got to be the chief res resident prophet over your own life. You have got to know God for yourself. You have got to see, Scripture speaks about the Berean, the Berean Christians. That they would go and search the Scriptures. Everything Paul said to them, they heard, they listened. You know, obviously they listened intently for them to be able to take the same word and go back and check. Is it really in the word? How many of us are searching the Scriptures? How many of us are studying? We said to study the book of Acts this month. How many people studied the book of Acts? In fact, if you had studied the book of Acts, you would have seen some of the stories that answered this particular question. Yeah. One of such is Simon the Sorcerer. Yeah. In um, Acts 8, or was that? Yeah, I think it was, it's in chapter 8 or so. Simon was... See, and that brings me to another dimension where we find these people. False prophets. False prophets exist, guys. No kidding. <laughs> And they will give you the prophecy to be bam, spot on, very spot on. 
Remember the girl that went about with just trailing, um, I think it was Paul and, uh, you know, yeah. just trailing the apostles and speaking and declaring that these guys, and she was, she was prophesying, she was speaking, she was actually, I mean, it was word of knowledge, she was saying it as it was. She had no prior encounter with them, but she knew who they were, and she was saying it. And what the scripture says, they knew that it was an evil spirit at work. So see, when I say the devil has his, his, his plan, his, usual, his, his natural habitat is to take the original and make a copy of it. That's what he does. You and I need to be sensitive. You and I need to be discerning by the help of the Holy Spirit that, is, that indwells us to be able to test these spirits and yep. know which one is real. So you don't take hook, line, and sinker, what we give you. Yep. You go and search the scriptures. You go and have a, a conversation with God about it. God, is this, is this really it? Is this what you are saying? Is this your plan for my life in this season? And I'm not saying to disdain prophets or to disdain, you know, people that God has placed over us. But it's first to recognize that they are human. Second, to recognize that sometimes they can misappropriate the gift. Third, to recognize the operations of false prophets. And lastly, the most important is that you, by yourself, can hear God for your own self. Absolutely. Just to add to that, and that was brilliant, but I, I mean, um, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Hmm. So I think also for us, we kind of place these people on one like assistant Jesus level, <laughs> right? And so when someone says, I see you doing this, this, or gives you a word or whatever it is, it's great, receive it, just like Pastor Busola said, but don't say that, oh, their word is final. You know, there was a message PG also preached, you know, mm-hmm. touching on what you said about the fact that his role and your role as our pastors is to shepherd us, to provide guidance, to lead, but it doesn't mean that they would, like, you, you need to first be a custodian of your own life. You need to lead your own life. Absolutely. You know, so when you listen, how many of us go back to the word that's preached? How many of us listen to the podcast after service? Even as worship leaders, how many of us listen to the songs and say, oh, is this actually correct? You know, uh, you know for example, I've been in meetings where the worship, I can relate with this, the worship leader says, you know, carry your cheer on your head if you want to prosper. That's not theologically correct. But people did it, and they are Christians. That means there's something fundamentally wrong with your theology or your understanding of scriptures. So we also need to study for ourselves so we know this truth. The truth will definitely set you free. Absolutely. Yes. Can I just free. read this scripture just to provide some uh, basis? It's First uh, Thessalonians 5. 19, it says, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And don't be one who scorns prophecies, but be faithful to examine them by putting every one of them to the test. And afterward, that means when you've tested that prophecy, you tested it to see if, it, if it's actually the will of God or the word of God, hold tightly to what has been proven to be right and avoid every appearance of evil. So don't say that because um, somebody just came out and prophesied, you take a hook line and sink and test it out, Take what's good and leave the leave, take the, the flesh and leave the bone, yeah. and work out the plan of God for yourself. Absolutely, thank you so much for that scripture. You know, and there's a question that very is very closely related to this, and I, I believe I've answered it already. It says, "How do we deal with people who abuse the gifts on their lives?" I've heard so many stories, and if you watch enough TV, you see people give all kinds of gimmick healings or weird prophecies. How do I deal with things like that? Um, the answer I've given, also the answer we've all shared. Um, speaks to that. But just to wrap up that particular conversation, 
you know, I, I'm going to ask the person who had asked this initially to say, um, all this supernatural stuff, I, I don't trust these people. And now you are asking me to become, you know, to, to, to live the supernatural life. I don't want to say to become like them. Because I, we're not asking you to be like the, 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 the false ones. We're asking you to be who God has designed you to be. And it is to live a supernatural life. And what the supernatural life, we, I, I think we spoke about that last week Sunday or upper Sunday as well. When we spoke about being able to deploy the anointing in your place of working, what you do. Oftentimes we're waiting to just heal the sick and raise the dead. In addition to those, beyond those, is how am I as an anointed child of God able to bring God's presence to bear in the work of my hands, in my community, in my family, you know, in my relationship, in my, in my marriage, you know, in, in, in the vital relationships of my life, in wherever it is God has placed you, that sphere of influence that you have, how are you deploying the giftings that you've received, the anointing of the Holy Spirit? And I'm just going to ask this question very quickly, you know, so because things are, because we have false prophets or we have people who have made it their responsibility to, 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 to be deceptive, or to, to change what is the truth and, and or to even take the truth and consume it upon their own lust and causing people to become subservient to them. So if, um, because there are car accidents, let me use this analogy, because there are car accidents, does that mean that you will not drive? Or because there are drunk drivers that cause car accidents, does that mean you will not be a, a car driver? You will not drive a car. Think about it. So there will be stuff that negates, you know, what, what, what is meant to be. There will be outliers or there will be this group of people that are exceptions, you know. But it doesn't mean that we are not supposed to live the lives that God has called us to. Okay? So test the spirits like we've heard in that scripture. All right, I will just uh, take one more. We can't take any more questions now. So um, we would, what we will do is we'll put up answers or responses to all the other questions we've received. We'll put them up online. Um, let's see which other one should we take now. It says two questions. You read books like God's Generals, and you see how these mega anointed men of God did amazing supernatural things for God. But many of them died sick, and some of them died with question marks in their record. How can God entrust supernatural power to flawed people? You also told us about how Elisha, so I think I referenced that last week, right? Was it last yeah, week or upper two week? Weeks two weeks ago. Um, I had spoken about how Elisha had the residue of the anointing. So this question says, you spoke about how Elisha had power inside his bones that resurrected a dead man, but he died of sickness. If these guys all have supernatural power, how come they didn't use it on themselves? Is it that the power you have can only be used for others, and is that fair? How many people can relate to this question? Maybe at some point in time in your life, you've actually asked it. Okay. God help me. <laughs> um, so here's what I will say, first of all. Um, regarding Elisha, if you read the scriptures and you just try to, maybe depending on the type of Bible you use, um, Bibles that have dates and just a bit of history. Um, so if you go to 1 Kings 19, I think, um, you see where Elisha was first recruited by Elijah. Scripture says that he was plowing the fields with his oxen, you know, and Elijah threw his 
cloak on him and asked him to follow him. Now, I've gone back there to just give some context. Elisha, at that point in time, we can infer that he was already an adult. Maybe a young adult, I don't know, but he was already, and he definitely was not a child because of the action that he took, which was the fact that he was able to, you know, uh, scripture says he not destroyed now, but he took the implements of the oxen, you know, that he was leading. He, was, he used it to sacrifice two of the um, oxes. Is it oxen? Have oxes? Oxes, yeah. He was able to kill the oxes, bald the meat, sheared them to people, destroyed the, the plower or whatever it was that led the oxen. And he could make decisions in his own right as an individual. My point is he didn't have to go back to parents, so we can infer that he was already a grown adult, okay? Now, fast forward to Second Kings, I think it's 13, in verse 14, there where it actually speaks to Elisha. The scripture just says, now at this time, Elisha was ill with this, or he was sick with the sickness whereof he shall die. <laughs> Sorry, that's KJV English. Elisha was sick with the sickness that, he was, going to, that was going to kill him, or that he, he was ill. Now, there's a way we can look at that scripture and feel like, wow, Elisha was actually sick, and he was on his sick bed, and yet God used him mightily. In fact, if you're, very, if you're not careful, it's, it's all those blink and miss type scripture. You would not dwell on it at all. It just seemed normal. I imagine as at the time of, what was the name of the king that went to him? That was it Joash or Joash, yeah. As at that time, you know, Elisha should have been in his 80s. Or even older. Yeah. Even older. What that means is there is a natural course of the human body. You know, there's a natural course that the human body follows. A natural course of decay. As the older you get. Which is why. And from, for, for this question, I want to you know, bring a different twist to it. Instead of focusing on what, why is it that Elisha could not have healed himself. I believe Elisha was already old and was ready to go and be with God. You know, so that sickness I was being referred there, I do not think that it was like a terminal disease that had made him bedridden or anything like that. I think it was just the fact that he was an old man, full years he had already lived, and so it was time for him to depart. That's one. The second thing, which um, referring to the guys in God's Generals, for those who may have read God's Generals, because it was one of the questions I asked when I was, you know, I read God's Generals when I was 16, and I had a ton of questions in my head. Like, why would these amazing people, one person's marriage was not working, the other one, you know, I'm like, what's going on here? God, is this how you use people and their lives just get scattered, you know? However, what I realized is this, and I'm going to use the example of something that I heard regarding um, Bishop T.D. Jakes. Either I heard it or I read it. You know, he used to be like super massive. He, the size, I'm sure it's like three times down his previous size. He was huge. And when he would finish preaching, then, with his huge size, they would have to hit his chest, like punch his chest to get his heart, you know, beating again. Now, one of the things that, if you participated in the fast, I know God would have been speaking to you. I hope you journaled. But guess one of the things that has been an ongoing conversation and was the very first thing that featured on day one of this fast for me. It was a nudging for a lifestyle change. That was what the Holy Spirit, that's the first thing that yes. the Spirit of God, wow. when I embarked on this 
three-day fast. It was the first set of things that he said to me. See, the anointing is there. It will always be there. Scripture says that gifts of God are without repentance. It will be there. It will be you. The content will be there. However, how you treat the package matters a great deal. It determines how far and how fast you will go. Absolutely. So some of these people, there is a high likelihood that they did not pay. See, stress and exhaustion is one of the main killers in our, in our climb. Yeah. In fact, in Lagos. Yeah. So if you're not exercising, you are not resting well. Some of us are leaving the work that the wisdom of God is supposed to do. We are living into the power of God. We are not drinking water well. You're not, as in, you don't drink enough water. You are not eating fruits and veggies. All you know is breakfast, ice cream and waffles. Lunch, something sugary. Dinner, pounded yam with egusi soup. And then you fold your legs and you sleep off in front of Netflix. And you say your body is doing you somehow. Why will your body not do you somehow? And you live a very sedentary lifestyle. So guys, I'm, I'm for real... Some of the things that have happened, and you know, just preparing for today's service, I, I, I was reminded of the scripture of, um, what's his name now? What's the father that loved the game? Go and shoot me a game. Isaac, yes, Jesus' father. Scripture says that he could not see. Eh? He could not see so much so that he could not differentiate between his two sons, but he loved meat. That's a lesson there for somebody. He loved meat so much. You go and shoot me, get me that favorite game. So there are certain things that are happening, you know, or that we've seen in the lives of these people. If, if Bishop TDJ, God forbid, if we had heard that he died a few years back, a lot of us would feel like, oh, he was such an anointed man. Why couldn't, I mean, he healed the sick, you know, why couldn't he heal himself? But look, he had to make a lifestyle change. He had to lose weight. So... Speaking to the anointing here, we expect, there's certain things we leave to the anointing and we leave to the Holy Spirit. Will you leave your car when the brakes are bad to the Holy Spirit to fix for you? Think about it. Holy Spirit, fuel my car. Your car is, see, there are times that things like that will happen miraculously. It is when you are stuck. When you need a way, the Bible speaks about a way of escape. When you need a way of escape, the Spirit of God will show up for you. But that is not the norm. So let's not get things confused or twisted. There is a natural law of cause and effect. Yep. What you sow, you will reap. So if you are sowing to the flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. If you are sowing to the spirit, and this also speaks to some of the questions we've answered earlier, you will of the spirit reap everlasting life, eternal life. Now, if your actions right now are already, you know, setting your your mortal body, your, your, your physiology, your biology, setting it up for problems later in life. It is not asking that the Holy Spirit, it is the wisdom to be able to live properly. The wisdom to be able to live properly. Some of us need to exercise. I know. I'm trying. God help me. Absolutely. A bit obvious, you play tennis. Now. I play tennis, <laughs> yes, but the entire, in fact, I felt rebuked because I'm like, but Holy Spirit, if just chill small now. We are fasting this week, so obviously this week, I, I mean, last week I couldn't play tennis or anything like that, and I was exhausted. I had a long, like, lifestyle change. Hmm. And it's not just exercising, even what I eat, too. I eat late and I snack a lot. So there are certain things I need to work. But I hope we get the point. Yeah. So when we look at people and we're like, oh, why couldn't the anointing heal such a, such a one? Sometimes it's just poor choices that we have made. Mm. You know, poor choices. Not because they are... See, 
the anointing was still left in Esau's bones, sorry, Elisha's bones. So much so that when they threw a dead man mistakenly in his tomb, the man woke up. But he had lived a full age already. He was old and it was time for him to be gone. Sorry, can I just say something? So along the lines of what BWS says, and I want you to take these pointers home with you, is that there are four natural laws that God God will not break. Now, obviously, in his wisdom and his power, he can work things around those laws, but there are four natural laws that you must do to intelligently cooperate with God. The law of exercise, the law of hygiene, the law of diet, and the law of rest. If you keep all four of these laws, I mean, and if you read the Old Testament, you'll see how God is clearly saying to them, make sure that you do this. Don't let any lepers be around you. Don't eat pork. Don't do this. Don't do that. There are things that you have to make sure that you avoid to be able to give God the platform to be able to work the work he wants to do. Jesus, you see, the Bible says he walked a while, he was tired, he sat down at the well, uh, Jacob's well said, give me water. Or you see, after a while, Jesus will go to a far place to go and rest, or he's in a boat, he's resting. If you do not keep those laws and keep them very well, you are essentially reducing the effectiveness of your ability to cooperate with God. So you need to keep those laws, the law of hygiene, the law of diet, the law of exercise, and the law of rest. And the other thing I want to say is that the anointing within will actually give you the wisdom and the understanding of how to keep these laws well. I'll give you an example. The Bible tells us that Daniel and the Hebrew boys were anointed. And it was the anointing that they had on the inside of them, the work that God had done on the inside of them, that let them know that, look, in this place, vegetable and water is what we need, not chicken and bread. Now, if you do not allow the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and instruct you in what to do with your diet, what to do with your exercise, when to rest... And how to keep the laws of hygiene. And I'm, I want to be very clear. For a lot of us guys, hygiene is, oh, we just use soap and wash your face and you go. For some other people, the ladies now, you see them, they have uh, octinol, cholesterol. Shaking tables. Shaking Let me tell you something. If you do not do what is necessary to keep yourself looking good, when God is looking for who to put on his stage to speak to the nations, if your face is all cracked up, you're not going to stand there, bro. So let the Holy Spirit guide you on how to rest, how to eat, how to exercise, and how to keep the law of hygiene. And then when the Spirit comes upon, there will be ample room for him to do the work he needs to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think another thing is also the mental health, your mental health. Mental health, health, very important. It's not just what you eat, like food, but also in terms of like what you listen to, what you consume. So a lot of us... Right after service, we already have like five Netflix movies lined up for the rest of the day. And that you come and ask why do you, you are not experiencing, <laughs> the, supernatural. experiencing the supernatural. You know, so you, you people want to... to shake tables. I was trying to avoid shaking these tables today. I said, let it not be every month we are shaking tables. But yeah. the spirit of God wants to shake these tables, yeah, and yeah. I believe that each and every person has gotten something for yeah. themselves. Do like yeah. a social media detox. There's just a whole lot of toxic content mm. that even makes you start to doubt yourself you yeah. know who you are your identity in christ you know so you need to put that aside and read scripture pray you know join the you know several initiatives that the church would you know provide and just stay connected so yeah. that way you're healthy spiritually Absolutely. and then you know final thing guys pray in the spirit a lot yeah, yeah. don't look this thing that bdrvs was saying about the three-day fast 
it was one of the things that God, one of the other things that God said to me, apart from you need to get your health in check, was, dude, you're not praying in the spirit enough. Pray in the spirit every chance you get. It might seem like a drab, but guys, that's where the excitement is. Pray in the spirit in the morning. You get up in the morning, you're in the bathroom, you're doing your dishes, you're talking. In between gigs, going to the bathroom while you're at work, pray in the spirit. Guys, we're moving into a new move of God where the spirit is the one who's going to be leading us in all truth. And that's truth about your girlfriend, truth about your work, truth about your business, truth about Lagos traffic. The Spirit leads you in all truth. So if me, have you heard truth about your girlfriend? Pray in the Spirit. What additional truth does he need? <laughs> all right, guys, uh, we've come to the end of today's uh, service. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.